God and Other Delicacies has a weekly newsletter. If you'd like to subscribe, email me at godsdelicateshow at gmail.com and I'll put you on the list. Welcome to God and Other Delicacies. I'm Nicholas D'Augusto. I have another wonderful guest that is joining me today to talk about God. I'm a very lucky person. Let's get into it. Today, I have the privilege of welcoming Amanda Payton to the show. Amanda is a television, film, and stage actor. Her many credits include The Big Bang Theory, Workaholics, Animal Kingdom, NCIS, and Modern Family. Cooler than all that, though, is the fact that she starred with me in season two of Trial and Error, where we all lived in Vancouver for a couple of months, and she made friends with every local she met. Welcome to the show, Amanda. <laughs> Hi, Nick. Hi. I was, I'm so glad that tickled you. Yeah, I like that. I was that. ready for that. I was ready to zing that joke I in wasn't there. ready for it, but <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to give morning. it away. Uh, you were. You were. Oh, I feel like every time I would talk to you, you'd be like, I'm, I'm going out with my... Like my yoga instructor, yeah, 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 and yeah. My neighbor, and I wasn't I met... on set quite as much as you. You were, yeah. Well, Nick was on set like literally five a.m. till like nine p.m. and then turned around and got right back up and went back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and you I, were yeah. going home every weekend. I was going every other weekend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that was hard. That was so hard. I had to just make a family there in Vancouver. Yeah, so you did. did, man. Yeah. You lived it. I would often... I mean, look, I loved my job. I'm not complaining. I, I loved being there. And I know you you wanted to be on set as much as possible, too. But you definitely made the most of, like... I would talk to you, and you'd be like, yeah, I'm just taking... I'm getting a city tour yeah. from, like, a new friend. And she's yeah, amazing. Yeah. And, like, yeah. I'm just spending the day. And yeah. the weather was beautiful. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. I made some friends in my building, which was nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was nice. Um, I also wanted to bring up uh, that I, I, you had talked to me about this, but you did Noches con Platanito. Yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> for those of, for those people who don't know, Noches con Platanito is a popular um, Mexican late night show, uh, and the host is a clown. Mm-hmm. The host dresses as a clown. Mm-hmm. He's really yeah. funny. And when you're, when and it's you're, all in Spanish. Yeah, it's all in Spanish. But as you know, many of us who go on the show don't speak fluent Spanish, and no. so. Um, they give you a little earbud yeah. and someone is translating for you and they're doing it so quickly. They're it's translating. Amazing. It's amazing. They're yeah. like, they're truly a half second to a second behind. So right. There's so there almost- is one second lag where you're just looking at this clown. Yes. Smiling and nodding your head. Right. And trying to like very quickly preempt what the question is going to be so that you can jump on it because you feel like an idiot yeah it's one thing to do that when you're when you see those remote broadcasts and they're interviewing somebody out in the fields and they're like nodding at the tv and then finally the sound comes through but you're we're doing that sitting right next to somebody (laughs) it was fun it was a challenge you know they how they sold it to me Uh, no they were like well nick did it Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> oh, I'm glad. Like, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's the classic, like, well, if Nick jumped off a bridge. Yeah. I had a good time, though. What did it they, was fun. What did they, it's a really fun, ridiculous show. I did, right. uh, I had a. Um, the go-karts. The go-karts. Yeah, I And see, I also, I did a, a lip sync. Yes. What so did you do? I did, and I was wearing, like, my heels and my sparkly dress that I got, and I did basketball. So you were looking banging. Yeah, but oh. I did basketball. So what happened is that the clown, what's his name? Platanito. Because mm-hmm. you kept on, I remember watching yours, and you were like, you kept calling him by his name, which is Platanito. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you were like, oh, was, Platanito. Oh, I, so I, I, did I? <laughs> yeah, oh, man, that's yeah, great. you were good. You were good. That's great. You know what? I remember he gave me his wig. He let me yeah. wear his wig. He didn't give it to me. Well, I'm sorry, but uh, did you ask? Clearly, for it? he—I don't know. Maybe he felt that my hair was 
was a problem. Was a problem. <laughs> it was a lesser. <laughs> Not big enough. It was a lesser than. My hair. hair is big enough. Well, your hair is just rad. Your hair is cool. It's got style. It's got personality. So is Mine yours. Is, I think. Thank you. Yeah, you had a thank thick you. head of hair. I don't know. Maybe Platinito yeah. doesn't think so. Maybe not. But so he was the basketball hoop. So they they oh, they, put a, they put a hoop on him, and then they strung him up from the ceiling, and then we had to. And he had a face mask on, like a. But you're actually shooting basketballs at, at Platinito. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. I lost, but it's fine. Yeah, but actually, what a great I didn't lose. Gig. I came in like second. There were three of us playing. That's pretty good. So I didn't lose, and I was the only one wearing. How heels. many did you sink? I don't remember. Oh, but he's going up and down, and he's also blocking shots. <laughs> he's like rejecting so, you. Yeah. So he's choosing. Or who sometimes wins. he would grab it and drop it in. Oh, so he's totally so manipulating his, the yeah, game. Yeah. Okay, I see. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, Amanda, what did you have for breakfast this morning? I have pretty much the same thing every morning, mm -hmm. which is oatmeal with a spoonful of like whatever nut butter I want that morning. How many nut butters do you have? I have like three like, or four. What are the, the choices are? Almond butter, uh -huh. homemade almond butter. Homemade? You, make, you can make your own almond butter. You just like, you toast the almonds. I imagine like a huge it. sledgehammer. Like no, you need no, no. You need like that. a Nutribullet or like one of those hardcore blenders. Okay, okay. So I have one of those. Okay. And you blend it up and you put like, you can put vanilla in there. You can put cocoa powder. Sounds amazing. Whatever you want. Yeah. Wow. Then I also have like store-bought almond butter. I also kind of like tahini, which is weird because it's not sweet. I love tahini, but tahini in your oatmeal. In the oatmeal. It's, it's weird. I like it that. though. Today I had peanut butter. Tahini is sesame, right? Yeah. It's just sesame butter. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love tahini. So hold on. Peanut butter, two kinds of almond butter. Right. Because you never know what you're in the And then I for. have like those little packets of the nut butters too. Like those little, I think it's made by like Justin's or something. And they have like yeah. almond vanilla. Yeah. Almond. Justin's makes those chocolate. Yeah, hazelnut. Too, they? They yeah, like yeah, chocolate yeah. Bars, like peanut butter. I'm not a like big Reese's chocolate person, which is yeah. weird. I know, but. Somebody else came on the show. Jesslyn was talking about. It. No, no. Jesslyn's daughter doesn't like it. And Jesslyn loves Oh, right, right. Sweets. I was just, yeah. So I, you, uh, you, you're not a big sweets person? I love or, sweets. Or what sweets do you like? I love Splenda. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she only says it, she only says it like that. That's really funny. I wish people That's could so have seen her face. I wish I didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> That's not even real. Chemical. <laughs> well, um. I love it in my tea. So I just, I buy everyone a drink uh, at the studio coffee bean and she chose a tea and then she was like sort of sheepishly told me, she's like, okay, now I'm going to get five Splendas. And then I we talked about Splenda there. and you yeah. did get five Splendas. It and then you, and so that's five, why she said I it like that. I was five with a small one and then you pushed me to get a medium sized drink. So I put, like, you're, you're right. Drink. I did push you. I feel yeah. bad. I feel like when you buy someone a gift, you shouldn't. You know, if you're buying someone a drink, you don't want them to get a small. That doesn't feel generous. I hear that. I hear that. You know, you want to be like, look, even if you don't want it, I just feel, I'll just feel better it. if you get a medium. But I am the kind of Because I don't want to feel like, like you didn't get I will not throw anything away. So oh. I will eat the whole thing or drink the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, you're clearly balancing it somewhere in your life because it's not like you're over, you're, you're not overeating and you're not oversplending. I mean, apparently. I am definitely oversplending. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, how could I possibly get that from an appearance? You look like the kind of person who's not oversplending and you're like, no, no, I am. I mean, because like, you know how unhealthy it is and it's not showing yet. <laughs> I don't look like I'm ingesting large amounts of chemicals. I feel like we've talked a lot about breakfast already, but I just want to say that my wife brought home something from a shoot that she did because she's a food photographer, uh -huh. and it was pistachio butter. See, that sounds delicious. And I tried it. It was really good. You should put that in some oatmeal. 
That's what she said. Yeah. That's what she said, actually. Now that you told me this, both of you have this brilliant what to do with oatmeal. I put it in like a dollop of it. Yeah. Is that a, that's the technical term I for think what so. I do? I put in a dollop I of it, and it. then I like get a little bit on the spoon in the middle, right? And then I get a little bit on the spoon, and then a little bit of oatmeal. So each, so it's not all mixed in. Uh-huh. I can choose how much per bite. Yeah, I I totally respect that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm into that. Yeah. Um, well, great. Well, then you know we've got to talk again soon about pistachio butter and tahini. Yeah, let me know how it goes when you put that pistachio. I'll let you know about the tahini. Yeah. All right. Uh, here we go. How and when were you introduced to the idea of God in your life? So I was prepared for this question, but it's a little jarring. Is it? Yeah, it's just like, okay, breakfast and God. Yeah, that's what somebody else yeah, talked about. Yeah. I, you know, I'm okay with it. How do you feel? Does it feel... I mean, I just, I just feel, feel like, like a clunky transition for me, but let's get into it. Let's you know, just I, jump in. I, appre- I don't know. Here's the thing. is I've thought about that. And I, a couple of people have mentioned it. I and like every, it. Everybody, everybody does sort of acknowledge the change, which I think is fine. I, I think it's everybody's got a kind of like a comment on it. So it's sort of it's the way that we allow ourselves some time. We buy ourselves time, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We buy our brains some time. We're like, wow, that's a, here we go. And what's happening is our brain's trying to formulate the question or right. formulate the answer. I'm okay with it. I think it's funny. I think that the word God, and tell me if it's different for you, but even like just speaking about your belief in God, it's kind of, it It makes you a little tense, or it makes me a little tense. For sure. Just because it's such a hot button topic and people have such strong views on it and you don't know who who's in the room, who you're talking to, who you're going to offend. You're going to offend someone. Yes. Yeah. And um, you're not going to offend and no me. no one knows firsthand. Well, I mean, maybe some people do. I mean, I don't. I mean, you hear people like having near-death experiences and these kinds of things, and feeling that they you know can firsthand. acknowledge that other people believe they do. Yes, that's you a know, really good is, way. There is no it. way to to empirically test. It's that, all about faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So or lack thereof. Or lack thereof. So my so I grew up. My mom is Jewish, and my dad was Christian, and um, so I grew up. Kind of with uh, a foot in both in both worlds. So my first, they were talking about God when I was a baby. But my first like cognizant realization of God was I remember sitting in temple. So it must have been we didn't go to temple every week or anything. Um, it must have been like a high holiday or, you know, can you someone try to, from a mitzvah. Yeah, can you talk about an age that you think you might be? Maybe four or five. Okay, very early and memories. And I remember for the for something clicking because I remember seeing the Torah and knowing what a Bible was and being like, what is that their Bible or what's happening? And I remember it clicking to me. I think my dad said, the Torah is basically just the first testament, like before Jesus comes into the Bible, that's what the Torah is. So basically we all believe in like the same God and then the details are different. Yeah. And I was just like, whoa. Okay, so everyone has the same God and the details are different. So that was my first real broad understanding of God. And I still have a a similar understanding. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's... I find that you know charming and kind of beautiful, especially from the from a uh, look. It's it's interesting what you're speaking about is that it both works in a sort of charming, childlike way, and at the same time too, it, we can start to talk more about this stuff, become more articulate in all the many things of what those details are. But at the end of the day, it sort of cycles back to a person could say we all sort of 
have the same God and the details are different. Now, And the name is different, and some people call it Allah, and some people call it higher power, some people call it spirit, holy father, yeah, whatever it is. You know, I, I like that point of view. Now, I will say that other people will disagree with that. Absolutely. Not surprisingly. And that was also my childlike understanding of it at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, an, I mean, and I get that that's like still something that can be, uh, I think that's an open and articulate, that's an open and receptive way of thinking it, even today. But, you know, you, when you, you can say that Jews and Christians and Muslims have the same God, because they mm-hmm. do all start from right. the Old Testament, and then they follow out their prophets from there, mm-hmm. Jesus and Muhammad. But then you, you, then, you know, we have, then we have, you know, the multiple gods of, you yes. know, different yeah. religions. And, and then, but, you know, but still, like... But just the idea of something being bigger than me... That I that there's some mystery around. Um, I mean, as simple as that. Well, there's I think it's beautiful. We're gonna we're not ending the show right now. There, that the feels end. like that could be an and. ending, but it's not. <laughs> and uh, okay, so so first question, some basics. Mm-hmm. What type of Christian denomination was your father? So it, what we okay? So when my parents got together, my mom's Jewish. She's eighteen. Where are they in the They're country? They're in New York. They're in New York. They're in college. Like in New York City. Yeah. They, so they were at Stony Brook University. Okay. So my dad. They're the my same mom, age. No. No. So my mom had graduated high school early and really just was like, I'm gunning to be a grown up. Okay. Right? And so All right. she went to college and she's eighteen. My dad, so she's Jewish and from Queens and white. Okay. My dad is black from Harlem, had to like fight his way. Both from the boroughs. Yeah. Oh, cool. But my dad's family, like they don't just automatically go to college and they don't have the money to just go to college and they're not just going to send him to college, right? Did you say that he's from Harlem? Did you say Queens and Harlem? Did you say something about in Harlem, did you say something about fight? Did you? Did I hear something? Yeah, like fight his way fight out. Fight his of. way out. Okay, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, like yeah. you know, right. it's not normal to go to college. Right. His family owned a store, and it was like, okay, are you going to take over the family store? So he, after having a couple kids, went to Alaska to work there to make do very dangerous work to make money, and then come back and go to college. So by the time he made it back and into college, so he's twenty eight now. Wow. And my mom's okay. 18. Did you say he had he had, he had two a kids, kids, couple kids before yeah. he met your mother? Before he met my mother. Wow, so now he's 28 with a couple kids, black guy. My mom's 18. Imagine like Jewish parents just like you're going to college and we're very overprotective and then she goes, "Oh, this is my new boyfriend. He's 28. He's black and he's got a couple kids by a couple different women." Wow. But we're going to be together. And yeah, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. So how does, how does that, so continue that story from there. Uh, so like how does your, how does that, it. right. So how did do they, and, and my mom was shocked because she was raised to not be racist. Right. But it's different when it comes into your own home like that. Were they very overtly like, were they, were they just like so I was trying to be, this. right. Cause you, okay. So, so this is so, right. they, so Obviously this you're is part not of the one of the children that's they, born. You're, you're born later. How, how I'm soon born, are you? I'm my mother's only child. Okay. So how soon after uh, they are together? A long time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. My mom had me at like 36. So she's 18 now only. Yeah. She had 18 years of being with your dad? No. Yeah. About 18 or don't maybe ma- whatever, 15 or something. So somewhere actor. in the middle of college, she meets your father. Yes. So she's not 18 when she meets him. She is 18. She is when 18. She, when she meets so him. So it's 18 years. 
mm-hmm. until she had has like a you. whole lifetime together without me. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. And then your dad then is like forty six. Yeah. Is an older dad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. But he also looked like so young. Like no one realized that he was older. Okay. Yeah. Black don't crack. Yeah. The, I, the, this is what I hear. Black don't crack. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is it true? Is that, is that like? Is that? I don't know. Do you feel like that's a phrase? That's I. That's a phrase I that I'm uncomfortable a lot with. It's like funny. I feel uncomfortable with the phrase. I love that I get to say it. Yeah, you can. Yeah. And so I don't. There's know. There's a lot I can say. But is it like one of those things where like if you if you are given that skin tone, are you kind of like yeah, you know, there's actually something to that. Like this you know, skin tone is know. just really resilient I'm, or something. I get told I look younger, but I feel like all my friends do kind of. Yeah. We, we like take care of ourselves and put lotion on our faces yeah. if we don't sit down in the sun. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. I'm just wondering if that's like actually, it's like, is it a funny thing to say or is it something that, yeah, you know, I actually think that that's a stereotype I don't know. I mean, I works. do think my dad looked incredibly young for a long time. Right. I and he probably wasn't like heavily lotioning himself. No. <laughs> maybe you don't see wrinkles as easily. Um, well. Darker melanin. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I, that, maybe that's it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's great. Okay. So. So your mother So is, she's 18. She's 18. And so 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 there's a long period of do they get married right away? Um no, no. They, they probably got, just so they're partners so they for a actually, long time. They moved they drove to California oh. in a little buggy, like oh. a little bug. Okay. And had like no money and they just like sold clothes on Venice Beach and like lived in a trailer on the beach and like ate peanuts and saved up their money. Wow. Um, and ended up buying an apartment building, which is still paying for like everything. That's amazing. <laughs> they just bought an How apartment smart. building into like a quadruplex. But what a smart. Not we're not there yet. Okay. Was, but so um, they just kind of like shut out the family because they weren't that they weren't receptive to it, and they did eventually come around when I was born. But I didn't have a close relationship to my grandparents. Wow. Okay. So this is actually. Um, we got to take a break real soon here, and I want to get back to that question real quick, which is, um, okay, I'm going to write that down at the break. Okay, thanks, Amanda. See you in a second. Hey, everybody, we're back. Uh, So, Amanda, your mom... Brings your father home, and uh, they don't like the reception. Mm-hmm. We can, I, we don't know, we don't have to go into the specifics, but basically, I don't know the specifics. I just know that it wasn't. I mean, reasonably, it doesn't look good. Right, it's a He's racial. Ten years older, that's hard for any parent. Sure, he has other kids. That's hard for any parent. The kids are like half the age of my mom who's 18. Right, that's interesting. That's hard. Right. And then on top of that, he's black, which is difficult because at the time that's going to make life difficult and it's going to be difficult for any kid born. If I was born right then, it would my life would have looked very different. Wow, yeah. Yeah. And so they bail. They leave. They, they go take to as California. you said, they drove across the country to California. Yeah. And essentially from what you understand, because you weren't born at this time, but the stories are told to you that your mother basically didn't speak to her parents for not not deep. It was maybe surface level stuff. Yeah, but it, for they, you know, fifteen to eighteen years before you were born, yeah, they're building their life out in California. Yeah, and and she doesn't. She sort of rejects her family. Well, she felt or, rejected or, 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 by she her She felt family. rejected by them, yeah. exactly. But she, yeah. they, they part. They, but they, 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 they still spoke and, you know, loved each other. But it's just, it's, t- it's tough when you're in love with someone who... Did your mom, like, 
act as a mother to her uh, stepchildren? Um, so, or did they not need a mother? That's also like a tough. So, because they were still in New York. Okay. Um, I there are stories of my mom. Like I remember my mom saying like she was like eighteen and like they would all go to the beach and like my mom would take the kids and like they'd all be showering together and it's like I mean she was eighteen and mm-hmm. these kids yeah mm-hmm. uh, and wow. my dad had his first kid at sixteen so that would make the wow. kid I'm bad at fast math. 12, a 12 year old, so okay. a 12 year old and an 18 year old. So wow. that's like sibling time. Yeah. Um, and, wow. But my mom would be, you know. Wow. So they like hung with them and played with them. I don't think they really knew how to parent yet. So what are they doing? So then they're. 18 years in California are, you told me that they eventually, they start getting, they're in they're, school for dancing. Okay, my cool. So she's an artist. Yeah. So she, she was a performance artist. Yeah. And okay. my dad was like acting. He was in school for acting. He did a lot of like stuff. So they're both stuff. performers. Yeah. Okay. And like playing. Cool. They were chill. Cool. Doing, they were super hippies. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. I mean, they're driving a VW Bug. VW Bug across Come the, on. yeah. They were like, they had it living all. In, they were living in a camper and like saving all their money to buy an apartment complex. Wow. Yeah. And so, wow. And so they're doing all that. Obviously, he's he's doing what he needs to do to be a dad to the other kids, you know, I think it was mostly sending money back and forth. Yeah, calls. yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Just not but these ready two, to be. Yeah, yeah, they were young. He was 16 yeah. or whatever. He was when he had them. When yeah. he had them. Yeah. yeah. So he was like, didn't know yeah. what the hell was going on. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. He went to Alaska to make money, comes mm-hmm. back. I mean, this is an upstanding dude. He's, mm-hmm. he's trying to kind of make up for whatever choices he fell into at an early yeah. age. Does yeah. he stay close to his parents? Did you know his parents? Kind of. Again, I'm not super close to either of my grandparents. I'm now close with my uncle, okay. my dad's brother. Actually, it's a half brother. Okay. I'm now close with my uncle, but that kind of happened when my dad was passing away that we um, became close. Well, yeah, and I'm, I knew about this, but I'm sorry that your dad passed away. Yeah. How long ago was that? I think it was like three years now. I kind of am like losing track of it. Yeah, right, yeah. right, yeah. yeah. Um, well, um, so uh, so what happens is, is like essentially you come into your, you come into life mm-hmm. with two loving parents mm-hmm. in California, mm-hmm. but kind of no real family unit. No, it you. was the three of us. It's just and the I'm three an only child. So yeah. it was like a real it was us against the world. And are you both going to Christian masses as well or Christian services as well so as So what happened right before I was born is that my parents did a kind of a circuit of what religion do we want to be. So they looked into a lot of different things. They got very spiritual and they settled on Christianity, but my mom didn't want to lose her Jewish roots. And, you know, Judaism is it's matriarchal, so it's passed down by your mother, so that would make me 100% Jewish. She's right a on. Cohen, I'm a Cohen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I grew up with mostly the Christian teachings, but then we would do Passover and um, and then I had a lot of friends who were Jewish and, uh, you know, they taught me to meditate and it was a little confusing as a kid. <laughs> okay, right on. <laughs> it was well, just a little confusing, yeah, talk but more it was mostly that. the Christian faith, mostly. Which I, as I grew up, started to have a lot of questions about and confusion about and started kind of rebelling against. In what ways? Anytime that someone's like, well, we don't really answer that. Oh, yeah. Or we don't look at that. My personality is to be like, no, that's what we need to look at. Um, So just things like anything from like, 
you know, in the Christian faith, if you don't say, I believe in Jesus as my Lord and Savior in a, in, in a formal way, then you go to hell. Mm-hmm. That would that was a problem for me. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like it's the textbook thing. Like, what ha- what about? So some people are like I was. I said that before I even really knew what it meant. So I'm just automatically safe to go to heaven. But someone born into a different place or time where that belief isn't just like handed to them as a child, they go to hell. Right. Or what if a baby dies before they can even say anything? Right. You know, and then and then there were some beliefs. I think we went because we went to a lot of different churches. So it wasn't like one denomination. And then we went to a church, if I'm not mistaken, I might be mistaken because it's all a blur, but where it was, I remember hearing like, if a bullet is going through, if the, if someone, I don't know where I'm getting this from, but I think a church, if someone's waiting in line to get baptized in the jungle and a bullet is going through because someone's shooting at some animal and hits them and they die and they haven't yet got baptized, then they go to hell? Because if you, if there's like some belief where if really you, I I, don't, I mean look I'm like not these da- kinds I'm of not things doubting really... this because if that's in your brain it's in your brain for a yeah. reason but that's extraordinary what people but come up with ba- to... if you don't get baptized then you go to hell yeah what about these like kids what, it doesn't it doesn't make okay, sense okay so so what's interesting here is that like how is your dad responding to this then or I mean you could, I could talk about your mom too but your dad is the one who's kind of to my question yeah like these... it was kind of shut down. It really? was kind of shut down. He didn't want to answer them. There was, there's not really an answer. Like he, like he. Well, how do you answer that? If you believe that you have to well, you say, say, I, that I believe that God is question. my Lord and Savior, otherwise you go to hell. And someone says, what happens? What about the kids? How do you answer that? Well, sorry, I, they go to hell. Yeah. Well, sorry, I, little girl. I think that, you know, that your father has a, an option to be like, well, I don't believe that. So it was kind of skated over. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he knew the answer and like he didn't know how to tell a kid that. Right. That's interesting yeah. though. So but I think you're, it's tough a lot of times yeah. for parents and also with that's like one of the trouble that's that's one of the troubles with religion is there's very little room for I don't know. Mm-hmm. So when I redefined what God was for me, there's a lot of I don't know around that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I uh, certainly live there. I have a show about it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so, but see, that's so, okay. Also, by the way, I listen to myself so much on the show. I do this a lot. Okay, so, oh, okay. Uh, that's uh, well, something I've I'm bringing Well, I listened to it and I didn't, I didn't notice it. <laughs> no, it's fine. But I'll this look is like a meta it. thing. Does this start to drive a wedge between you and your dad? Um, I'd say... Because you said you started to rebel. Are you rebelling against faith in general? Are you rebe- in general, did your dad I would start go in taking? And out. Did your dad start sort of acting as the? Did he sort of catch the brunt of it? It was tough because there was a lot of like if I was going through a hard time and I needed to talk about it in a more like if I needed a more like therapeutic approach, it, the Bible would be pulled out often, and I was wow. full of that. He's a faithful dude. He always had the Bible. On the kitchen table. No. Yeah. See, this and is then getting also, bigger than okay, I and thought. And bigger than that, we'll get like controversial here. So I was spanked, right? So okay. spare the rod and spoil the child. And uh-huh. when I would be like, I don't like this. Like, I don't want to get spanked anymore. It, he would say like, I'm doing this because this is in the Bible. Like, spare the rod and spoil the child. So it was hard for me to like look at the Bible in a loving way. Of also course. in the Bible, right? God is a jealous God. Right. Um, and all of these like... 
it didn't feel safe for me. It felt like if I questioned anything, I would be in trouble with God, and God knows my mind, but I'm having these questions. And then... Absolutely. I, I, and I, then there's, like, the me. whole sex thing, right? So, right. like, no sex before marriage. Right. And then it's like, but all my friends are having sex. Like, I'm really confused. And by the way, you were having sex. Well, I didn't for a while. I no, mean, no, I'm I, sorry. I mean, I'm talking to your dad. Like, oh, you had oh, children well, at 16. Oh, right. No, but know? I didn't even... Like, I also had that was I, That was swept under the rug. There was a lot swept under the sure. rug. And for me... That's that's a lot of religion and, about that. Yes. And there a lot of people can handle that. of religion. For me, it felt like gaslighting. Mm. And um, and it was a it was a, it was problematic for me. For Define my gaslighting for those people because I, I so want you gaslight, to gaslight. Oh, well, is only I a recent it. phrase for I, me. It's I, basically I don't know the exact definition the of it, is, but is it's the, like a, I feel crazy because I feel like I know something's going on right. and like it's not being talked about and it's being turned around and convoluted. The gaslighting, someone is gaslighting you if you, they're making you feel, crazy. they're making you feel crazy about things that you you should be questioning actually. Right. They're manipulating It's most you. commonly used for like if someone's cheating in a relationship and, right. and the other partner is like, hey, you're cheating and the person gaslights them. It's like, you're insane. How could you even think that? Right. Like the whole that's time so they're crazy. Lying. Yeah. They're lying. Yeah. yeah. This is a phrase I just kind of got tuned into because I'm so outside the mainstream now uh, because basically all I do is change diapers. Yeah, yeah. But, um, uh, and do this show. And do this so show. So I change diapers and I talk about God. Yeah. Um, but no, that's great. So I'm glad that came up and I needed, I needed to be refreshed and maybe some of the audience needed yes, to be refreshed. Yes, yes. Okay, look so, but it up you, because but, I don't know the exact definite, look it up. But this is what you're saying is that your, your father was, did not, Maybe he had guilt about that. He had regrets. Yeah, uh, I think he was just doing the best that he could with the tools that he had and wanted to raise me to be like a God-fearing, that's like as a positive, like a God-fearing child. He thought it was Which, a guess what? I did. Yeah, I grew up to right. be a God-fearing person, but that's... Not in the way that he thought. Right. He like wanted me to not make decisions that he made, you know? Right. So, and to make my life easier, and he wanted to give me the easiest life possible, and he had a couple other kids who he didn't get to do that for. So it was like double downtime for me. Yeah. Yeah. How does your mother interact in all of this? So your mother's watching you get spanked. Your mother's seeing the Bible on the table. Yeah. I mean, I got to say, this this was fascinating because I wasn't expecting it to go. She did. Yeah. See, I didn't expect it to go this way because, you know, you start with hippie and all of this stuff and you know you're going to multiple denominations and you're checking out what is spiritual right. god it seems to me Which more broad minded it also like that's also part of where it was like i don't i don't know how to marry these two right like the dichotomy here is crazy no this is a frankly i mean there's there's hypocrisy here yeah you know i mean look it's these are difficult things to talk yeah. about and, and to think about. And, yeah. But, you know, there's hypocrisy because on one level you're enacting the rules of one religion and yet you're saying be open to all and, you know, that one religion isn't necessarily right and yet you're getting the punishment right. from one. Okay, so go on. Right. So, so your mother converts and how does she stand with converts, all this? My mother converts, but she, like, holds on to her Jewish roots um, and, like, that's able to happen because because the Torah is the Old Testament. And then she's like, well, we add to it now. Like, that's kind of how it was explained. Um, yeah. Like, I believe that and. Yeah. Um, it's like improv. Yes, yes, and. You're yes, yes and. and. Yes. Um, okay, so you, okay, go on. So, you know, I don't know exactly what was in her mind at the time. We went to church um, 
she kind of just like stood by my father. She kind of just stood by, and and I think at the time I thought that they were her beliefs fully too, but I do know that after he died, she doesn't believe in God anymore. Interesting. Yeah, which is also, I mean, that's part of her grief. Okay. Um. So I, I think I'll have a better understanding of this in like five years. Yeah. To see where this goes. Well, yeah. I appreciate you talking about it. Yeah. I, I know it can't be, it's hard to go into these things at times yeah. and you never know. Of course, I never know where we're going to end up in certain things. And I definitely um, went through emotional struggles, uh, you know, um, as I came of age in yeah. my religion and, and had to sort of figure out what these ideas mean. Did you, so I was talking earlier about or at, we started talking earlier about the difficulties you were having with your dad. Clearly, you have an immense love for your dad. Did How did you balance that? Like, where was, what were the, where was your dad making a lot of sense for you in your life as you were growing up? What was he giving to you that was making a lot of sense? So you had this one section, which is the religious side, that's yeah. like difficult and not working. You mean outside of religion? Where yeah, you outside of religion. Like, I mean, where where do you where do you and your dad connect on the deeper level so that you have that very difficult children's dichotomy? We have so thing. much in common. Like, yeah. we're the same person. Okay. Yeah. So that was tough growing up because you know when you're a teenager, if you're like up against your own self, uh-huh. it's tough. But it was almost like a sibling relationship at times. Like, we would just have a lot of fun together. Cool. You know? And he would just teach me to just be creative with everything. We used to go to the zoo and draw the animals. Oh, right on. That would be fun for us. Yeah. So he's a super Super fun. He would take me and my friends to Disneyland. He'd always be, like, the dad who was, like, up to go to Disneyland. Right on. Um, He'd take me to the park every day. He was a very present figure in my life. But um, and then but then somewhere but so basically almost everything about your memories with him are very positive. They're very creative. They're very um, enlightening. I mean, you know? there's good and bad. But At, yeah. I see that he was doing the best that he could. Right. And that he did a great job with me. Yeah. And there were some things that he that his best didn't work for my personality. But I'm also like so sensitive, and I don't think either of my parents were like ready for such a sensitive. Person, huh. I'm way more sensitive than both of them. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, with their powers combined, yeah. right? You know, yeah. I, I feel like that might be happening with my son. Yeah. Um, so you're. So when do you start articulating your own thoughts in opposition to, like, at, on a larger, like, on a grander scale? Oh, I would like mouth scale. off a lot as yeah. a kid, but. I was mouthing off against everything, not just the religious pieces. Okay. Um, and when I would be in a lot of pain and and religion was offered to me, like I had a hard time in college. Uh, I think most people do. I was like also an only child and just so sensitive and just like sent off to like Pittsburgh to a conservatory where they like cut people. and like Yeah, man. And, and it was hard for me. And I remember my dad got me like a bunch of like T.D. Jakes tapes, which is he's like a preacher. Kind of a more like mainstream. Okay, I don't know that um, name. Yeah, I, I, but he was a he was black. A, but he's a radio personality. Yeah, radio preacher. Yeah, um, Joel Olstein too. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah, heard of Joel. Yeah, he also I got me Joel Olstein tapes, and I remember freshman year being in the dorm and just being in so much pain and like looking to God in that way, like through listening to T.D. Jakes and Joel Olstein. And I didn't realize Joel Olstein's been around that long. Yeah. Um. So is he quite old right now? I'm not that old, Nick. 
Well, but <laughs> God, that's a good reminder. No, right? he was that's around. actually a good reminder because I'm like I'm like almost forty, and uh, you're not. No, so, but he's um, <laughs> he's not. He he was around. He was young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, well, my family listens to Joel Osteen. Yeah, he's um, been around forever. Yeah, I, I actually haven't. It reminds me that I haven't listened to his stuff, but um, so. Uh, but he sounds positive, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but So you're trying to have a... So I was looking to... Because you know when you're in pain, like you right. move at the speed of your pain, kind of? Or I do? I like that I move phrase, at the speed I of need my to pain. think about that a little so, bit like, more. So like I'll be stagnant until I'm in enough pain to change. Okay, cool. I think that's I like, like that. similar for most people if they have, need to make a change in their life. You know, a dear friend of mine said to me once... I like your phrase. I think it's bigger than I can take in in one second. So I'm kind of trying to res- I'm trying to like meditate on it for a second. You move at the speed of your pain. A friend of mine, um, uh, he was he was actually one of my early mentors. I've mentioned him on the show before. He was one of my teachers in college, and uh, he once told me that you'll move on when you get bored of your the feeling. You know, when yeah. I used to think about early on, I'd talk about like being in a heartbreak or something like that or, you know, dealing with some sort of whatever early anxiety. Yeah. And he'd be like, you know, whatever, someday you're just going to get bored of handling this feeling. Yeah. And you're just going to let it go. And That's I like the gentle way. I'm, I take a lot of less. <laughs> I'm, that's very gentle and very like, eh. yeah, you know, I tend to, I don't know, maybe I'm so sensitive. It, it crescendos for you. Yes. It crescendos for you. Yeah. And basically, so you reached a critical moment in um, in college where you're... I reached a couple, and I reached for different things, right? Like, even just, like, getting really drunk and whatever, whatever Right, it yeah, is. partying. Like, yeah. It was just a very common Eating thing. everything I'm, in sight. Yeah. yeah. You're just, that's when you started the Splenda thing. <laughs> yes. You know, just, just, like, snorting Splendas. snorting Splenda. Yeah, and God, let's try that. Like, literally yeah. anything. Yeah. Yeah. So that was one of the things that I tried. Um, and it worked for how long? I don't think it really worked. I think I needed, like, cognitive changes mm-hmm. I, more than just, like, a, a prayer and and comforting words. I think I needed to change things and grow up, like, growing pains. It's, yeah. It's hard. Um, I do have a relationship with God now, which was born out of pain and when my dad, watching my dad die of cancer over, like, a prolonged period of time. How many years? Well, he was his prostate specific numbers were up ten years before he died, but really slowly. It was like the last three or four years that was a quicker decline. Right. Um, but my relationship with my God now is a very like I don't know. I'm not sure. Let's try this. But like now I have like conversations with God. I'll like curse God out. I'll be like this freaking I'm not gonna curse on this radio show you can totally curse on this radio show okay but Uh, I'll be like you know what god like fuck this honestly like I really wanted this thing or like how could you let this happen or you know whatever it is and then a lot of times it's just like help you know um but I don't know yeah and and I do I do not believe I am the biggest thing at this point I, I believe in something higher than me there's a higher power out there Perfect place to take our last break. Yeah. And we're going to jump right back into that when we come back. Great. Thank you. All right, everyone, we're back uh, 
with our last segment with Amanda Payton, and she just kind of left it off at a beautiful place right before the break, and it's exactly where I love to get in these conversations. Um, just a thoughtful place where you're starting to try to articulate how do you live with your relationship to God today. Something I thought that was really interesting and something you said was, my God. Mm. You, you made it kind of personal, yeah, which I think is cool. Mm-hmm. And I just... Uh, you know, some people talk objectively or there, so there's a, what you're saying is what you said was something like my relationship to my God is something that revolves with a lot of like, I don't know, Mm -hmm. but it's an interesting, um, juxtaposition, right? Yeah. You have a personal God, my God. Right. But also a lot of, I don't know. Yeah. So you have a personal relationship with something you don't know. Right. But like, do we really know each other? I mean, well, we can get into go, that. But go it's on. Like, I don't know. Talk I'm about what that means It's a to you. new relationship. I mean, relatively. It's a new relationship to God is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And especially in like the scheme of God and life, right? If right. God is infinite. Yeah. A couple years here that I'm getting so, to know. So how did it start? So you said, I mean, I know you said it was born during this painful period. Yeah. How does it, how is it born? So like, again, I move at the speed of my own pain. And I think it was just really realizing like, wow. I don't have power over everything. And little by little, that's being revealed to me more and more, all of the things that I don't have power over. Right. Um, And if I don't, like, how do I live in this world? How do I live in a world where I am so profoundly powerless? Where, and I think that's a little bit different than the God that my dad was calling on. As he was dying, he was praying a lot and saying, you know, like in the Bible it says, by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a lot of that. There was a lot of, like, don't say the word cancer. And it made me angry because I felt like I was robbed of the ability to say goodbye to my dad. Wow. Because he never said, like, I'm dying. Wow. And I was never able to say, I'll be okay. Like, thank you. Wow. For everything that you've done for me. And, like, I'll be okay. And... Goodbye. I was never able to. He didn't want to say goodbye. No, I was he, never he, able. He was to. just like he was just like I want to pray for. He said I'm gonna be healed. I don't. I want to see my grandkids. You know, I don't have wow. any kids yet. Um, I'll be. We're just like don't speak death to my life. Speak life to my life. And I think this is part of the reason that my mom no longer believes in God because she was like backing this. Wow. And standing behind him in this. And for me. It made me resentful of the God that I was raised with because it felt like it was taking something away from me. And again, it felt like gaslighting, Mm. watching someone die and then say, like, I'm not dying, you know, and the person that, like, taught you everything, you know. So it's really still incredibly hard for me to look at my mother if she's if I think she's wrong on something and be like stand up and say, like, I think you're wrong. Like, I know so many adults can do that with their parents, can just easily be like, well, I think they're wrong on this, that, and the other. It is so hard for me. I just want to believe everything still. I think that's a huge part of growing up that I haven't been able to quite master yet. Well, and I, I, that resonates with me to some extent. I mean, I, I, my dad and I, we have a very loving relationship with them. I, I love my parents. I adore them. But, you know, my father and I have, we differed on, on my views of politics and religion as I was growing up. And uh, it was very difficult to have, always, I was always over emotional, always got tied up in knots, yeah. you know, as I wanted to try to express this. It's hard to oh, grow it's up so through hard. that. And, and a lot of times you need either, it tends 
look, I don't want to make overarching statements about this, but oftentimes I see people either with parents that they they didn't have the grounds to earn the respect of their children, so mm-hmm. children dismiss them and tell them to fuck off. Mm-hmm. Or, and so that's how you can get a bunch of no's against your parents. Or more along our lines, we love our parents very much and they were very, you know, they had very authoritative positions mm-hmm. and didn't really allow for a lot of younger, they didn't help cultivate a a dialogue of questioning. Right. They sort of they sort of said, this is the way it is mm-hmm. on these issues. Well, it takes a long but then, time. But then, then also be a free thinker and question authority. Right, but exactly. Not mine. Yeah, but not yours yeah, and not yeah. on these subjects. It's so hard to parent. I mean, I can't even imagine. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, again, my parents absolutely did the best they could and yeah. they are devout believers yeah. and they are beautiful parents and raised me in a wonderful way. But on this particular thing, it was a struggle for yeah. me and I res- that resonates with me. And so yeah. you're saying that even now, talking to your mother about certain issues revolving around this, so now, do you feel like your mother doesn't believe in God, but you almost feel like that's a rejection? It's like a way that she could be pissed off at God or something. Yeah, I think it's 100% a part of the grieving process. I mean, right. we're talking about someone who, from 18 years old, was, I mean, she left her parents' home and was directly with my, she has not, this is her first time ever being on her own. Right. So I think there's going to be a lot of growing. She's going through her own growing Oh, yeah, which is so hard for me to see, accept, and stand back. And almost, I almost have to parent it in some ways. Wow, fascinating. Yeah. Right. Which is crazy, because I've been on my own, I think, a little more, even though I'm very dependent, and I'm very close with my parents. Sure. With my mother now. Um, so I, we do like lean on each other a lot and we're very close, but for the first time I'm able to be like, okay, we have different opinions on that. Like, and it's so tough because to look at the person who looked at you and said, spare the rod and spoil the child and who raised you by the Bible for them to say, now I don't believe in God. I'm like, well, that's convenient. Yeah. And, and yeah. also I disagree with you. Like yeah. I do think that we're and not And I kind of highest. resent that a little bit. A little bit. And, and I love I'm, you. And I I'm understand it, you, which but is I so kind fantastic. of resent it. And that's something that my mother and I, that's a gift that, that we now have. That, I mean, one of, there's a positive that comes out of everything. And like one of the positives that came out, out of like dealing with my dad's illness and his death is that we have a very honest relationship and there is no gaslighting. Um, right. I, I will tell her like, I disagree with you. And she'll be like, cool, I disagree with you and it's okay. Yeah. And like, or, or I'll tell her like, I'm resentful of this. I didn't like this. She'll yeah. be like, okay. And it's tough to hear. It's not, it's not fun, but it feels a lot better and we're able to be a lot closer. Cause Very not, healthy. There's I mean, nothing behind closed doors. Yeah, it's healthy. Yeah. It's, what an interesting um, life has put you in this position. You didn't ask for it. You know, yeah. you wish you had your dad here. Yeah. But um, And other, I wish that I could talk to my dad about this new relationship that I have with God. Yeah, yeah. Even though I know we'd fight about it. Yeah. Yeah. But you like wonder <laughs> if he would at least appreciate a little bit that, that you've like, come yeah, yeah, further yeah, yeah. closer to his... Way clo- I'm way closer now than I ever have been to quote-unquote God. Yeah. Or my higher power or whatever it is. I've never truly leaned on a higher power or a God... Uh, there's something that they used to say in church that 
people will use God as their spare tire and not their mm. steering wheel. And mm-hmm. I always was like, okay, but I'm really running my life on self-will. And most of the people in the church are too. We're all really running our life on self-will. And then it'll be like, oh crap, the tire's blown. Someone's sick and dying, like let's pray. Right. Um, and now I'm really trying to, you know, I pray and meditate. And I think of like prayer as talking to God and meditating as listening. And, That's you know, I don't know what it is. I don't, too. yeah, and I don't know. I'm still like so in the learning process of like how I want to carry out this relationship with God. Um, what, like last week I was like writing about like, what do you even ask God for, right? Because like I have a 14 year old dog and like I don't want her to ever die. So, like, do I ask God to, like, make Harley never die? Like, no, that's not possible. But I can ask God to, like, help me and my feelings around it. And and I can ask God for it to be a beautiful experience when it does happen. And I can ask God for comfort. And I can ask God for things for other people. But, like, things, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You know? I don't know. But I know that what has worked for me is, like, if I ask for changes in myself, that's what usually those things that works for me. If I'm like, please, I'm feeling like so jealous, like help, help me see this in a different way, please help me understand that I don't know everything I think I know. Help me stay open-minded. Are you getting some good feedback? Yes, then I do. Yeah. And who knows if that's just me talking to my subconscious or what that is, but I do know that I can't do my whole life on my own self-will. Yeah. Because I, my self-will is not that strong. And uh-huh. I can't control everything. I can barely control my damn self. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's great. Like, put a chocolate box in front of me. A, a white chocolate box. I like white chocolate. Oh, yeah? yeah. Do you put do you like, sprinkle Splenda on it? No, it's sweet enough already. <laughs> okay. But, like, you, you have know. white chocolate. That's a, I don't I want like to derail this, but I don't like white chocolate, so. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't, I don't know why. I don't okay, even know we'll why it makes it different. put a pizza in front of me. What makes white chocolate different than dark chocolate? I don't know. I just, it tastes better. There's something about the way they process it. Um, did you say something about peanut butter? I said pizza. Oh, pizza. So well, put I a do. pizza in front of me. Self-will. Pasta, I don't know. It's pasta. I might eat all the whole pizza. Pasta. I don't know. <laughs> I'll eat four plates of pasta. I get that from my family. So, yeah, I just can't stop it. Um, it doesn't hit. Pasta doesn't hit you. The fullness doesn't hit you till later, I feel like. I just it hits me and with I, and and I say it. I have this thing. My cereals. children are gonna. Well, I have one child, but I, I, they're gonna say, you want Dad, know? every time at dinner, why did you always say, I am full. I know I'm full, but I'm making another plate because I want to eat it, and I know I'm gonna be hurting afterwards. I say this at the. That's dinner literally table. what I'm talking about. I, I do that. I say it out loud. Like my you can't control hear me say yourself. <laughs> we can't control our damn selves. How do we think that we're gonna self-will our lives into some box that we want it in? I, I think it, these are beautiful thoughts, yeah. beautiful questions. I love hearing this stuff. Um, I think you have a lot of really interesting thoughts. I think it's interesting that, you know, you're saying, look, I, is it my subconscious? If not, what you're saying is, I'm comfortable saying it's my God and mm-hmm. whatever that means to you. You're, you're even acknowledging, maybe I'm talking to my subconscious, but it gives me comfort. Yeah, I'm also very, very open to the fact that I may be wrong. Right. So I'm not going to get mad at anybody else for their ideas. Whatever works for you. What, life is hard sometimes. So then do you do you believe in a heaven and a hell? Do you go that far now? Does I don't your think does so. your god represent 
that there is also an afterlife? I don't think so. But I don't know. I don't know. How, sure. How the heck am I supposed to know? You're not. No yeah. one does. Yeah. But it's just talking about whether or not you think so. Yeah. Um, I have thought that in my life before. Right now, I don't, I don't really think so. But I'm also like starting to, for the first time in my life, be more comfortable with a gray area. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, makes me really uncomfortable. It makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, okay. So this is a new gray area for me. Yeah. And I think life tends not to be that black or white. Nature tends not to be that black or white. True. And so I'm leaning towards the afterlife, whatever it is, not being this like black or white, heaven or hell. I think that's a really, that sounds like a very human desire to want to be able to classify it. It doesn't track with like what I know of nature but I don't know yeah <laughs> look it's great that's yeah. great I mean that's why that's why I love talking about this I think what do I want to say about that I think you said it so well I don't really know what to say I don't know um, how we're supposed to know yeah well you're not I mean yeah. I think you know uh Bertrand Russell has this um great phrase he says um, he's a you know a British philosopher and he's dead now. But um, he said, uh, if I arrive at the pearly gates and God says, and he was a notorious atheist mm-hmm. uh, thinker, and he said, if I arrive at the pearly gates and 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 God says, why um, did you reject me and why weren't you faithful? And he says, because you didn't provide us enough evidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think there's. The brain, different brains need different ways of living in it. And I think something you're going through, it seems, I'll be interested to know years down the line where this takes you. I think you even referenced, you know, I don't know where I'm going or I don't yeah. know where I'm going to end up. Um, I think it'll be interesting to hear uh, if it firms up for you in certain mm-hmm. ways or if it doesn't. Uh, you know, it's cool to live in a place of openness and I don't know, I think it's nice. I I feel like I definitely went through a period of, stronger rejection uh, to be able to release myself from certain yeah. thoughts. And the more I talk about it with people, uh, the more I find that maybe I'm more and more comfortable living in the I don't know. Is that, and is that a result of this show for you? I definitely feel like, like I learned. How has this yeah. show... I'm going to turn the, turn it around for one yeah, second. Yeah, that's, yeah. How has this show... My turn to get nervous. Yeah. How has this show changed your view of a god? Yeah. Or affected uh, Well, it. it's too bad. We have to go to a break. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, Amanda. It's uh, my show. Uh, and that's the end. <laughs> um, you know, I think uh, it's a great question. And I think about it a lot because it does, I think it is, um, I think what it does for me is it allows me to release some of the anger about the, I really dislike the pain that the political structures of the religions have caused. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's just this, historically, just this immense, um, indefensible amount of pain mm-hmm. that they've caused on behalf of, uh, in the spirit of, um, you know, serving this God of these books. Mm-hmm. Um, all of which I think are, uh, Anything that you try to anchor in any sort of real factual base, I think is so easy to to poke holes in, right? Yeah. No doubt these people existed. No doubt these words were written down. I mean, but, you know, to sit and claim uh, omniscience off of this stuff, 
uh, and then punish and kill people. And, and then that created a lot of anger for me. And even today, right? Like it's, you know, it's all, we live with the pain that this thing causes today, mm-hmm. the rejections. But what it does do though for me as I talk to people is it continues to bring me back to the side of the table, which is that we question and we're still all, we're all trying to figure things out. And so I'm, I'm more sympathetic, I think, to the desire to be religious or to mm-hmm. have a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. I'm still less sympathetic to people who um, will hurt people on behalf of that God, yeah. but I am more sympathetic to people and to the feeling of wanting God in your life. I think that's a cool thing for me. Uh, it's been healthy for me to start going down that road. And I'm just so impressed all the time by the way that people um, articulate. You know, I've, 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 been, I've had the great fortune of bringing a lot of smart people in. You're one of them. Um, and, you know, to hear your thoughts and your arc on all of this, these really are the great gifts of my life. I get, I get a certain high in the middle of these conversations where I'm like, damn, we're talking about something very cool. Yeah. And you're very honest and generous and you might feel it, but this is the time for me to close the show. I so it. I, you know, I'm closing it up right now. Um, but Amanda, I mean, I mean it. You were, I think that this was just a, we, we, we caught, I feel like we caught a moment and, um, Something really beautiful got shared. So thank you. Thank you. And Thanks I can't believe how fast me. it goes. I appreciate Feels you like being here. I just here. did the therapy session. Yeah. I, I mean, like I, I should pay it, you now. Ah, you don't, you have paid <laughs> me enough um, by your presence. Everybody, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And, um, you know, I'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>